breeze. Buck Benny, the two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another trifecta of episodes from the Jack Benny Show, the Phil Harris Show, and then the Jack Benny Show again. Now we enter kind of a weird time frame for our presentations, especially the way we do them here, in that in 1952, Phil Harris was no longer on the Jack Benny Show. And in 1942, the episodes we play from 10 years earlier, Phil had just gone into the Merchant Marines for 16 weeks, and so he'll be gone for that whole 16 weeks. So we're going to have a series of episodes where the only time you're going to hear Phil Harris is on the Phil Harris show that we play in between. But I think that's okay. At least Phil will still have a presence in our presentations, which is really nice. Other years, when we didn't present it this way, we really wouldn't have a Phil Harris presence in the in the Benny show, but this way we kind of do. He's kind of sandwiched in between. These episodes tonight, you're going to have a lot of fun with. The first one is a Christmas shopping episode with Jack. And you got to love Christmas shopping episodes with Jack. It's a different one. It's um, They're quite late in their presentations of shopping episodes. They've already worked through a lot of different shopping episodes. So they're, they're looking for something new and different to present. So Mel Blanc is going to be in it, but he's not going to be... Uh, featured in quite the same way he's been in the past. And High Afferback will play a psychologist, and you'll have to see how, how High Afferback's psychologist works into the episode. It, it's going to be entertaining. I don't want to give too much away with that. Well, then after that, we have the Phil Harris show, and on Phil's show, uh, Phil's going to do some Christmas shopping as well, so I like having these two Christmas shopping episodes back-to-back, -back, and it's fun that they're originally pre presented on the same night. I don't know. Um, if I was Phil and his gang, I kind of would like to tie into Jack's show, even though we weren't officially linked anymore, so I could see why you might try and air your Christmas shopping episode on the same night as Jack's Christmas shopping episode. So it, it's fun to hear him getting his gift for Mr. Scott. I'm not going to give away what that gift is, but just it is truly absolutely fantastic. Phil Harris and Elliot Lewis getting into crazy um, positions that you that you wouldn't, wouldn't think any human being could normally get into, but they find a way to get into these weird predicaments. After that... We have a fantastic episode from 1942. Now, like I said, Phil Harris has left for 16 weeks, but Jack like pulls out all the stops on this first episode after Phil leaves. And I don't know, maybe it's because he's concerned with Phil leaving. It leaves kind of a hole in the show, so they really try and patch that hole every way they can. The guests for tonight in our 1942 episode are going to be Gary Cooper. It's also going to feature Alan Reed, who of course is the voice of Fred Flintstone and a lot of radio characters as well. Um, also, Jim Backus is going to be in here, and Jim Backus 
is well known for being Mr. Magoo. I don't know if you watched Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol yet this season, but you really should. It's very good. Um, and Jim Backus is also known, of course, for being Mr. Howell on Gilligan's Island. And lastly, we have Benny Goodman joining in to take over for Phil temporarily. Boy, I don't know how you do better than having Benny Goodman as your fill-in uh, conductor. Um, just So just a great episode all around. Now the other thing with this episode, whenever I presented in the past, like five years ago, I was, I was looking at listening to it, and man, the sound quality was really bad. It sounded like you were kind of in a boiler room uh, along with the actors. But thanks to the folks at Cobalt Club, we have a much better sounding episode. It still has issues, but far fewer issues and much better to listen to. So I think you're going to enjoy that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the Jack Benny book that Catherine H. Fuller Seeley has out. We've talked about it before, but I haven't talked about it recently. Great Christmas gift for anybody that you want to give a Christmas gift to, a great Christmas gift for you to ask for for yourself. It's going for about $35 on Amazon right now. It used to be cheaper to get the, um, what, the Kindle version, but the Kindle version now costs the same as the paperback version, so I'd suggest the paperback. It's really nice, uh, beautifully done, um, just a really well-made paperback, and it's called Jack Benny and the Golden Age of American Radio Comedy. There are great chapters on Mary Livingston, a whole chapter about her, which is really awesome. Two chapters on Rochester, interesting reads about Rochester, stuff I'd never learned about before. I'd always wanted to read a book about Rochester. Well, no one's put out a book, so this is close you're going to get with the two chapters on that. There's chapters on how Jack started out in radio. There's chapters on uh, his battles with the sponsors, which I didn't know how, how many battles he had with the sponsors. It's kind of interesting. And there's chapters on... Uh, Jack and his movies just a very worthwhile book to get and it's neat to have a new book about Jack Benny that comes out in 2017 I mean who would think um, anyway like I say a great Christmas present for yourself or your friends uh, it's on Amazon for $35 and without further ado let's get into our episodes enjoy the Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And remember... Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting, fine tobacco. Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike, Lucky Strike. Yes, friends. For real smoking enjoyment, nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And Lucky's tastes better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Here's why. You see, Lucky's better taste starts with good-tasting tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. Then, too, Lucky's are made better to taste better, to give you a cleaner, fresher, smoother-tasting smoke. That's the secret of real smoking enjoyment. Lucky's fine tobacco in a cigarette that's made better to taste better. So be happy, go lucky. Whenever you buy cigarettes, remember this. Nothing, no nothing beats better taste. 
And... Lucky tastes better. Green and Frank's Ruler. Black and Frank. Black and Frank. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is now mid-December, and as is their custom every year at this time, Jack and Mary have gone to one of the local department stores to do their Christmas shopping. But... Before we take you there, let us look in at the office of a prominent psychiatrist. Also, now, Sir Lex, please back on the couch and tell me what is your hallucination. Why are you afraid to go back to work? Doctor, it's no hallucination. It happens every year at this time. Just before Christmas. Every year. Just before Christmas. Uh, 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 calmly, calmly, Mr. Blank, don't get excited. Lay back on the couch. Now, tell me, when did it first start? During the Christmas shopping rush in 1946. As I told you, I'm a salesman at the department store. And this kindly-looking, blue-eyed old gentleman bought a gift. <laughs> then six times that day he came back, pestered me, and exchanged it for a different model. Well, what was the gift he kept exchanging? Shoelaces. <laughs> he bought someone shoelaces for a gift? Yeah, for someone named Don. Now, uh, how could he possibly exchange shoelaces six times? Well, first he bought laces with metal tips. Then he came back because he thought plastic tips looked more modern. Soon he was back again. He was afraid the plastic tips might crack. So he went back to metal tips. Then he got to thinking the metal tips might rust. So he came back to change them to plastic tips. Six times he changed his mind. Plastic tips, metal tips, plastic tips, metal tips. Plastic tips, metal tips. <laughs> Please, please come out. You're supposed to be on the couch, not under it. Well, uh, tell me, uh, what did this man do the next year? Ah, uh, the next year I was lucky. I didn't see him. Oh, he didn't come into the store? I don't know. I was in a sanitarium. Ah, <laughs> uh, definite uh, traumatic psychosis. Uh, when you got out, did you go back to your job at the department store? Yeah, but I was smart. I had him transfer me to the jewelry department. Uh, what was smart about that? Well, this old gentleman didn't look like the jewelry buying type. <laughs> then you did not see him last year. He found me. He found me. <laughs> uh, and more trouble? Yeah. Once again, he came in to buy something for Don. This time it was cufflinks. Well, that is good. Who could find anything wrong with cufflinks? He found it. He found it. <laughs> it was the engraving. First, he had them engraved D.W., so I wrapped them, all pretty and Christmassy. Then he goes off happy, and I am silently saying a prayer of thanks. Aha, uh -huh, that is good. Not good. He discovers that D.W. has a middle initial. So first he buys the gift, then I engrave the gift, then I wrap the gift. Then he changes his mind about the engraving. So I unwrap the gift, I change the engraving, rewrap the gift. And then he changes his mind and wants cheaper couplings. So I have to go to wrapping, engraving, and rewrapping again, again, and again, and again. Please, I'm trying to help you. Stop choking me. I'm sorry, Doctor. Mr. Blank, avoiding your work will cause repressions. It should only magnify this in your subconscious. So you think I should go back to my job? 
But certainly you will probably never run into this aggravating man again. Well, I have taken precautions. This year I asked to be put in the gardening tools department. Gardening tools? Yeah. All these people live in the city. They have no use for anything like that. Good, good. You are facing your problem face to face with your face. But remember, should you ever meet this man any place, use psychology. Be nice, be calm, be pleasant to him, and you will have no trouble. Well, don't worry, Doctor. I won't see him. But if I do, I'll be calm and I'll be nice to him. Well, goodbye. Goodbye, and Merry Christmas, Mr. Blank. And Merry Christmas, Doctor. i got to hurry back to the store. Gosh, Mary, no matter how early you try to do your Christmas shopping, the store is always crowded. Yeah. Yet I can't start doing my shopping any earlier. I like to buy modern, up-to-the-minute gifts, you know. As far as I'm concerned, your gifts are ahead of the times. What do you mean? You gave me jewelry that turned green years before they had chlorophyll. <laughs> oh, stop. Now, let's see. I still have to buy lots of gifts. I'm going to the jewelry department to see if I can find something for my sponsor. Well, I've got to get something for my mother. I'll meet you out here later. Okay, Mary. Now, let's see. Where's the jewelry department? I think it's on the next floor. The top one. I wonder where... Oh, there's the floor walker. I'll ask him. Oh, floor walker? Floor walker? Can you give me some information? Ask me anything. I'm a talking horse. <laughs> oh, stop. You don't even look like a horse. Not now. There's a veterinarian in Denmark who does wonders. <laughs> that silly talk or I'll go to the manager and report you. Now, look at I'm looking for a jewelry department. Will you tell me where to go? <laughs> Never mind. Yes, sir, may I help you, young man? Uh, yes, I'm looking for Christmas gifts for my mother and father. Well, this is the sporting goods department. How about some golf balls? No. Tennis rackets? No. Hey, I've got an idea. What about a punching bag? Hey, that's great. Now, what would you suggest to my father? Uh, uh, just a minute, young man. You want to get this punching bag for your mother? Uh-huh. That's rather unusual. Has she ever had one before? No, she always used my father. <laughs> you can send the punching bag, and I'll enclose a card to both my parents. Yes, sir. What's your address? It's on Orange Avenue. The number is 3247 and a half. Half? Oh, oh, it's a duplex. No, it was hit by lightning. <laughs> Wrap it up. I'll take it with me. Mary! Mary! Oh, here I am, Jack. You get a present for your sponsor? Yes, I sent him a nail file. <laughs> uh, a nail file? You think that's a suitable Christmas gift for a sponsor? Well, for just any sponsor, no, but mine needs sharp fingernails, you know, so he can tear and compare. You know? <laughs> I'm sure he'll like it. Now, let's see. 
I've already given you a bonus, and I bought Dennis's gift. Gee, I wish I knew what to buy for Don Wilson. Mm, ought to be easy to get something for Don. He, you know, he just moved into a new home. Get something for his house. No, I heard him mention that his entire home was furnished by an interior decorator. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute, Jack. Isn't Don's new home sort of a little ranch in the San Fernando Valley? Yes. Well, why don't you get him some gardening tools? <laughs> yeah. Gardening tools. Why didn't I think of that? Say, Mary, I know what to get Don as a Christmas present, and he'll really appreciate it. What? A gopher trap. <laughs> a gopher trap? Yeah, I heard him mention that his place is overrun with gophers. Come on, Mary, let's go. Uh, uh, you go yourself. I'm going to buy a gift for Barbara's sandwich. I'll meet you at the perfume counter. Okay, Mary. I'll see you later. Let's see. Where would I get a gopher trap? I wonder if that comes under hunting equipment. I just have to... Now, where's that floor walker? Oh, there he is, way over there. Oh, floor walker! Floor walker! <laughs> hmm. Did you call me? Yes, where can I buy a gopher trap? In the gardening tools department down in the basement. Thanks. Imagine that crazy floor walker saying he's a horse. Well, I better get over to the gardening tools department. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what... Oh, uh, excuse me, clerk. Uh, yes, sir, what can I... Oh, it's yours. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I must be calm. Uh, I'll be happy to wait on you. Thank you. I'd like to buy a gopher trap. Uh, yes, sir. Excuse me, I'll go get one for you. Hmm. He wants a gopher trap. A gopher trap? What trouble can I get into with that? <laughs> ah, here they are. Here you are, sir. This is the most popular type of gopher trap. It looks so complicated. How does it work? Well, uh, you open this little door, and, and you set it with this wire. Then you put a piece of tomato in this wire cage for bait. Well, that's fine. But wait a minute. What do you do with the gopher after you have him trapped? Well, you have to take him out and kill him. Hmm. That seems so cruel. <laughs> well, we have another type trap that catches him and kills him at the same time. Oh, you have another kind of trap? Hmm, I have to tell him yet. Yes, sir. Uh, here it is, sir. <laughs> How does this one work? Well, you spread these two sharp prongs apart, and, and pretty soon the little gopher comes sniffing around, walks in, boing, and that's the end of them. Good. I'll take this one here that kills them, you see. Wrap it up as a Christmas gift. Yes, sir. I, I, a Christmas gift? <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
I'm, I'm giving it to someone for Christmas. Now, I want red and green ribbons and tinsel and everything. Okay, okay. And clerk, uh, enclose a card saying... To Don, I know. <laughs> That's right. I'll be back and pick it up later. Hey, Mary. Oh, hello, Bob. Doing your Christmas shopping? Uh-huh. Mary, when you got a wife and five kids, that's really a chore. Well, I imagine it is. What are you getting the kids? Well, I'm getting both the girls' dresses and the two younger boys' electric trains. For my oldest boy, I'm getting a bicycle. Ooh, that's nice. Well, I thought so, too, but he keeps complaining. He thinks he's too old for a bicycle. Well, what does he want? Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, i got some more shopping to do. You want to join me, Mary? No, I've got to wait here for Jack. Hey, that reminds me. I've got to buy Jack's present right now. It's kind of hard to, to figure out a gift for him. Uh, have you got any suggestions? Well, how about something for his den? I mean, a, a picture, a book, or... Say, I know. I know what. I, I, I think I could get him a lamp to put on the table near his telephone. Yeah, you can use a lamp by that phone. Well, you're not kidding. It's so dark in that corner that twice I put a dime in the quarter slot. Save us all money. See you later, Mary. Oh, Mary. Mary. Over here, Jack. What took you so long? I'm sorry, but the store is so busy. Well, Jack, who else do you have to get gifts for? Well, I'll have to look at the list. Thank you, ma'am. That's $6.70. Yes, sir, that's $4 even. Yes, ma'am, $3 out of 10. Listen, Mary. They're playing our song. <laughs> oh, here's my list. Now, let's see. Well, hello, Jack. Hello, Barry. Hi, Don. Gosh, you're carrying a lot of packages. I sure am. Hey, what's that big bundle there on the bottom? Oh, I just got that in the sports department. You know, I like to go hunting occasionally, and I bought myself a tent. Oh, Really? Single-breasted or double? Uh, what's that square box, Don? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mary. That's a tape recorder the Sportsman Quartet and I bought for the sponsor. Oh, Don, a recorder's a wonderful gift for the sponsor. And I've got the entire cast record a greeting to him. That is, everybody except you. Now, would you do it? Well, Don, let me hear what you've got first. Okay, I'll play it for you. Sending you a Christmas greeting just so you will know What fun it is to sing for you here on the radio Be happy, go lucky, be happy, get better taste Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today This is Mary wishing you a Merry Christmas too And what a lucky day for us the day that we met you there is nothing, no, there's nothing, nothing that I like. As well as man as Sheva the Bits and good old Lucky Strike. Happy, go lucky, be happy, get better, take me happy, go lucky, get better, take today. LSMSPR letters, quite well known to you. So at this special time of year, they'll spell our greeting too. L is for those little lights on every Christmas tree. S, of course, could only stand for Santa, you'll agree. 
M is for the mistletoe and Merry Christmas too. F is for your friends and tea for ties they give to you. Dublin and Killarney and the Shaws of Galway Bay. May all the green and Christmas trees and holly come your way. And may your socks of Kelly Green be filled with all you like. With shamrocks and shillelaghs and some good old lucky strikes. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, get better taste. Be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Greetings to our sponsor and a happy 53. With all the joys that come from smoking LSMFT. I have to dress like Santa Claus at home on Christmas Day. The beard I wear is not my own, it's just an old toupee. in there, too. In oh, that that's well, that's well, Jack. Well, I've got to go. No more shopping, Don? No, i better get home to my wife. She's not feeling too well. Oh, that's a shame, Don. What's wrong with Lois? Oh, nothing serious, but this morning she went out in the garden and saw a dead gopher. The mere sight of it made her faint, but she'll be all right. So long. <laughs> so long, Don. Well, come on, Jack. We'd better go... Jack. Jack, what are you thinking about? What Don said is that his wife faints at the sight of dead gophers. So what? So what? Mary, I bought Don the type of trap that kills the gophers. Well, what do you want to get? The kind that lifts their feet up and pats them on the popo? <laughs> <laughs> Mary, I want to get the kind of a trap, you know, the kind that, that traps them alive. Wait here, I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, clerk, clerk. Uh, yes, sir, I got your package right here. It, it's gift-wrapped and tied with tinsel ribbon. Uh, just a second, I'll get it for you. Oh, don't get it. I've changed my mind. What? <laughs> I want to exchange it for the kind that captures the gophers alive. Look, mister, there's really no difference. I'm sorry, I don't want the trap that kills the gophers. What do you care? You don't know them personally. <laughs> It's not that. But, mister, it took me ten minutes to wrap that gopher trap as a gift with all the tinsel and ribbons. Look, look at all the trouble you put me to. Look, I'm sorry, I don't want the trap that kills them. I like to be kind to animals. Why don't you try it with people? <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. I must be polite. I, I'm sorry, sir. Good. Now, gift wrap one that catches the gophers alive. And I'll be back. I know, I know. <laughs> Mary said she'd wait here. Well, since she's not here, I'll go over to the lingerie counter and buy some stockings for my sister Florence. See, I think Florence wears size... Hey, Bun. Bun. Huh? 
Come here a minute. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. Where you going? To the lingerie counter. I'm going to buy some stockings for my sister. What kind? <laughs> Nylon. Uh-uh. Huh? Get silk stockings. Why? Silk will give you a run for the money. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think I'll get her stockings. Maybe I'll get her something else, something real nice. Uh, what do you think of a sheer negligee? A great show bet. Say, look, fella, every time I run into you, you top me on trains, apples, candy, everything but horses. So what? Look, Santa Anita's going to open in a couple of weeks, so for once, why don't you give me a tip on a race? Okay. Got a great horse for you on opening day. You have? What is it? Floor walker in the second. I saw him, and he's carrying too much weight. <laughs> See you later. Yes, yeah, so long, bud. So long. <laughs> I always run into that guy. I wonder where Mary is. Hey, there's Rochester doing some shopping. I bet he's buying something for me. I'm going to eavesdrop and see what he gets. May I wait on you? Yes, sir. I'm looking for a Christmas gift for my boss. Well, your boss, eh? How about a tie? No, he has lots of those. Well, how about a wallet or a money clip? Money clip? What's a money clip? <laughs> no, it's a thing to hold your folding money. I've never had any that folds. <laughs> How's it work? Well, it's a spring-like metal clip that holds your money tight. He's got a fist that does that. <laughs> hmm. Wait till I get Rochester home. Hi, Jack. Oh, hello, Bob. Doing your shopping, too, I see. Yes, Jack, and as a matter of fact, I've gotten all the gifts for everybody except Don Wilson. Do you have any suggestions? No, I had a tough time deciding on a gift for Donzy myself. I finally got him something for his ranch, you know, a gopher trap. Well, that's different, anyway. And it makes a sensible gift. Everybody wants to kill those little pests. Oh, this isn't the kind that kills them, you see. This catches them alive. Jack, those kind aren't any good. Well, if the gopher is in there a long time, he bites his way out and he gets away. Oh, you mean the traps that kill him are better? Well, certainly. Well, excuse me, Bob. I've got to take care of something. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to. Hello, Mr. Blank. How is it going? Huh? Oh, oh hello, Doctor. Did that the blue-eyed gentleman find you? Like he had radar. <laughs> he comes over here to buy a gopher trap. A simple little thing like a gopher trap. First he decides on one that catches him alive. But I made a mistake. Before I wrapped it, I let him know we also had the kind that kills him. So I sell him one of those. Then I wrap it and put tinsel and ribbon on it and he goes away. Then he comes back and he makes me unwrap it because he wants the kind that catches him alive. <laughs> no, 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 no. Control yourself. Control yourself. Here. 
Uh, take this little pill. It will calm your nerves. Oh, I can't take a pill, Doctor. There's no water here. Huh? I can't leave my cottage door in this rush. Please, I am the doctor. You go take the pill. I'll wait on any customers who come along. Well, okay. <laughs> Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun. Ah, yes, sir. May I help you? Yes, I... Oh, where's the other clerk? Uh, <laughs> he has gone for a little while. Perhaps I can take care of you. Well, yes. Um, I have a gopher trap here, wrapped as a gift. Uh-huh. Oh, here it is. Uh, Merry Christmas. Oh, just a minute. I don't want this one. See, I want the other kind. But, mister, this is all wrapped up with the tinsel and ribbons. I, I'm sure the golfer will like it just as well. But look, I don't want this kind. See, it traps them alive. I want the kind that kills them instantly. Yeah, very well. Yeah, I guess that's the kind. Yeah. Here you are. Yeah, wait, I don't want it like that. I want a gift wrap. Isn't that kind of silly? No, no, never mind. Just wrap it up. All right. Look, not so much red ribbon. Get some more green. Look, mister, it's Christmas, not St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yes, here you are. Thank you. Wait a minute. You forgot to take the card out of the other one and close it in this one. Can't you put another card on the outside? No, no, no. I want the original card. You see, the one that I had something written on there. So unwrap the first trap. Take the card out and unwrap the second trap. Put the card in, then rewrap the second trap. What is this? First, first you make me wrap the second package, then you want me to unwrap the first one. That's right. You take the card out, mm -hmm. unwrap the second one, put the card in, more tinsel, more ribbon, not so much red, more green, unwrap it, rewrap it. <laughs> Mr. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Calm down. Calm down. You get upset too easily. You ought to see a psychiatrist. I am a psychiatrist! <laughs> Find them at any cigarette counter. So make it a lucky Christmas. 
give everyone a colorful Christmas carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky for Christmas gifts this year. Good night, everybody. We're a little late. Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsburg, George Balzer, John Packerberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. Stay tuned for Amos and Andy, who follow immediately. This is the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents Transcribe, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Scharf in his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Christmas shopping can be very difficult, especially when you're looking for something different for someone. Today, Phil runs into just that sort of a problem. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. You'll get a big vote of thanks from the entire family if you give them RCA Victor television this Christmas, especially if it's a deluxe set like the RCA Victor Rockingham console. Your wife will be proud of its magnificent Regency styling that's highlighted by the beautifully grained full-length doors. The children will love the huge view of their favorite shows. And you'll all appreciate the dependable performance that has made RCA Victor the world's most owned television. The Rockingham console is the ultimate in quality. RCA Victor 21-inch television deluxe. It's priced at $495, slightly higher in the far west and south. And it's more than worth it. For in addition to the exclusive magic monitor circuit system, RCA Victor Television Deluxe has more tubes, more interference traps, and an extra reserve of power to pull in pictures in even the toughest reception areas. See the entire line of RCA Victor Television at your dealers tomorrow. Prices start as low as $199.95. And remember, all RCA Victor sets are equipped with genuine, high-quality RCA Picture Tubes. RCA picture tubes have an improved electron gun and superfine phosphor screen to assure you of the finest pictures. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. With the holidays rapidly approaching, the Harrises, like a good many other people, are doing their Christmas shopping. Elliot has gone along with them to a local department store. And now as we look in, they've about finished after a full day of shopping. Come on, fellas, let's get out of here. We've gotten everything we need. Where did they go now? Oh, there they are. Phil! Phil, come on, we're all through. What are you doing at that counter? I didn't get anything from my mother yet, and I just saw something she might like. Um, hey, mister. Yes, sir? How much is that reversible wigwam? Thirty-seven fifty. Bill, what kind of a present is that for your mother? 
Mama love it. Especially when I have it carpeted with wall-to-wall buffalo skins. <laughs> I'll take it, mister. Very well, sir. Shall I send it directly to the reservation? <laughs> don't be a wise guy. My mother don't live on no reservation. Then where shall I deliver it? To her cave in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> please, Alice, please. Mister, just send it to her home. It goes to Mrs. Hiawatha Harris. <laughs> Care of the Happy Hunting Ground Trailer Camp and Barbecue Pit. <laughs> you can't miss it. They use bears for bellboys. <laughs> now, if I could only find something for Dad. Hey, Curly, here's something your father could use. Yeah, that looks nice. What is it? Combination tomahawk and beer can opener. <laughs> Now he has two of those Come on, boys It's time to go home All right, all right I'll be back later, mister When I haven't got these pale-faced kibitzers with me Come on Oh, let's hurry I want to get out of this crowd I'm getting a headache and I... Phil Phil, isn't that Mr. and Mrs. Scott On the other side of that tie counter? Where? Oh, yeah Hey, I wonder what our sponsor's doing here I... Hey, that reminds me I didn't buy him a Christmas present yet Curly, are you going to exchange gifts with him again this year after what happened last year? You're right. What happened last year? I went out and got him a solid gold cigarette case, and he bought me a plastic hop-along Cassidy wallet. <laughs> I'll get him something inexpensive. Now, Phil, that's not the right attitude. You have to get your sponsor something nice. Yeah, I guess so. But what can I get for him? How about one of those 29-cent ties over there? Well, that's more than I wanted to spend <laughs> Oh, well, it's a business gift and it's deductible, I guess I'll go over and buy one That awful red and white tie in the center there ought to look good on him Hey, Alice, you wait here while Elliot and I go over and get that tie Well, I think we've got everything we need Just charge it all to Mrs. Clyde Scott oh, Come on, Cora, let's get out of here My feet are killing me I guess we can go, dear We've got presents for all our relatives and our friends And wait a minute, Clyde You forgot about Phil Harris I know, and let's keep it that way <laughs> But Clyde, you and Mr. Harris always exchange gifts Oh, I suppose so, but what can I get him? Oh, I see just the thing at that cheap tie counter <laughs> That red and white monstrosity ought to look good on him Excuse me, Cora, while I get it yeah, well, it's 29 cents A little too good for him But I'll splurge uh, Clerk, Clerk will, will you, you please wrap, wrap up that red and white Mr. Scott Harris, Harris wh what are you doing here? Oh, I'm Christmas shopping And uh, and you? Christmas shopping Are you going to buy this tie for somebody? This tie? <laughs> I wouldn't buy this thing for my worst enemy He would <laughs> Well, if it isn't Rudolph, the red-nosed guitar player <laughs> What are you trying to do, Scotty? Start a fight with me just before Christmas so you won't have to buy me a present? Uh, Mr. Lewis, I am not that kind of a person I don't need an excuse not to buy you a present If I didn't want to buy you a present, I wouldn't And I didn't <laughs> Suppose you didn't buy Curly anything either Elliot, please Mr. Scott, forgive him for being so rude 
You don't have to buy me anything if you don't want to. I'm sure if you wanted to, you would, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, are you finished buying Christmas presents for everybody, Mr. Scott? Uh, yes, yes, I bought all the presents for my friends, relatives, and uh, business associates. How about you? Oh, yes, I've bought everything, uh, especially for my business associates. I spent quite a lot of money on presents for my business associates this year. Oh, so did I. Oh. Well, so long, Harris. I'll uh, see you soon. Bye, Miss Scott. Hey, Elliot. Hmm? Did you hear that? He said he bought all of his presents already, and he spent a lot of money. Yeah. He probably bought me a very expensive gift. <laughs> now I can't buy him something cheap, but I wish I knew what he spent on me so I'd know what to spend on him. Hey, why don't we just drop by his house? Maybe you could pump him subtly while I snoop through the presents he just bought. <laughs> yeah, and if we could see the size of the present he bought me, maybe I could judge what it is and I... Hey, come on, we'll tell Alice. Where is she? Well, there she is over there, surrounded by all those people. Her fans must have recognized her. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's... Just don't disturb her. She looks like she's getting ready to sing. Does she always sing in department stores? <laughs> Just around Christmas, she picks up a little extra money that way. <laughs> it takes an earthquake to move a mountain. It takes a typhoon to churn up the sea. But what does it take to make you take to me? It takes a heat wave to melt an iceberg. It takes a blossom to bother a bee. But what does it take to make you take to me? You could have your way. Any way you want. You could have the moon. The moon, the moon. Anything you say. Anything you say. Only say it soon. When you're around, it takes a feather to knock me over. It takes a nitwit to tell you I'm free. Cause, baby, I'm just your humble servant, making this bourbon plea. What does it take to make you take to me, to me, to me, to me? We don't believe in letting problems hang around unsolved. But, oh... Isn't this involved? It takes a windstorm to blow down buildings. It takes a shipwreck to create debris. But what does it take to make you take to me? It takes a rainstorm to melt a snowdrift. It takes a big ship to sail on the sea. I know, but what does it take to make you take to me? You could have your way, you could have the moon, anything you say, only say it soon, when you're around it takes a feather to knock me over, it takes a nitwit to tell you I'm free, cause baby I'm just your humble servant, making this bourbon plea. What does it take to make you take to me?
My, this Christmas shopping certainly is exhausting. Yes, where do you want me to put all these Christmas gifts you bought, Cora? Oh, just put them down here, dear. I'll stack them in the hall closet. Oh, uh, Clyde, shall I leave room on the shelf for your present to me? Oh, that won't be necessary. I have your present out in the garage in a crate. In a crate? Oh, Clyde, did you get me another television set? You mean I've given you one for Christmas before? For Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Sadie Hawkins Day, and Groundhog Day. (laughs) We have a house full of television sets. Oh, don't exaggerate. Ours is just the normal American home of ten rooms and 48 television sets. (laughs) And uh, speaking of presents, I don't see anything here for me. I'm getting you something, but it might not be here for Christmas. I ordered an ivory elephant for your miniature collection. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, dear. That ivory elephant is something I really do want. It will complete my miniature animal collection. Now, can't they possibly have it for Christmas? Well, the man from the jungle art shop's going to call me. They may have it for Christmas, and he'll let me know. Uh, Oh, by the way, Clyde, I don't see the present you bought for Mr. Harris. Where is it? Well, I didn't get him that tie. I'll have to buy him something else. Why? Well, I met him in the store, and he as much as said he already bought my present and paid a lot for it. I wish I knew just how much he paid so I'd know how much to spend on him. (laughs) Oh, I'll, I'll get it, dear. Wish there was some way to find out what Harris bought me. Oh, hello, Mr. Scott. Hiya, Scotty. Oh, hello, Harris. Lewis, come on in. I'm glad you dropped in, Harris. Uh, what are you doing in the neighborhood? Oh, I was just passing by, and I thought I'd stop in and see if you had anything at your house that you wanted me to deliver to my house. <laughs> Have you? Well... That depends. Uh, Do you have anything from your house that you want to leave at my house? Well, that little bit of dialogue got you both no place fast. (laughs) Now that uh, you mention it, Mr. Scott, uh, I do have something at my house to be delivered to your house, but not until Christmas morning. Catch on? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell me, Harris, will you be able to bring it over yourself, or is it too big for one man to carry? (laughs) Well, I guess it would take two men. Uh, You know, those expensive things are very heavy. Uh, Perhaps the same two men who carry the package from my house to your house could carry another package from your house to my house. Or will you need more than two men? (laughs) Well, yes, I guess I would. The thing I'm sending over to your house is very big. It would take at least eight men to carry it. Eight men? Well, come to think of it, uh, the thing I have for you is a lot bigger than I thought. I don't know if it could be lifted by ten men, even. (laughs) What do you think, Elliot? I doubt it. We'll probably have to float it over. (laughs) If 
we put a tugboat on each side and one in back. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scotty's exaggerating. The thing I've got isn't that big. It's very expensive, but it isn't that big. Uh, expensive, eh? You mean it costs somewhere in the neighborhood of... Uh... Easy. <laughs> that much, eh? Well, you must have gone overboard almost as much as I did. You mean you spent... Oh, at least. <laughs> Fellas, I don't think either one of you can afford that much. <laughs> the figures you're mentioning are unheard of. At least I ain't heard them since... <laughs> Yes, yes, dear. Excuse me, Harris. I'll be right back. Don't go away. I want to finish our conversation. Finish it? I'm waiting for him to start it. Come on, Curly. Let's get out of here. Yeah, huh? I guess we might as well. I don't think we're going to find out what he got me so that... Hey, wait a minute. I better answer the phone for Scotty. Yeah. Hello? Hello. May I speak to Mrs. Scott, please? Well, she's busy right now. Can I have her call you back? No, just give her this message. Tell her the jungle shop called, and we can't get that elephant she wanted for her husband for Christmas. Okay. I better write this down and... What'd he say? <laughs> oh, I couldn't have heard him right. Heard what? The jungle shop just called and said they won't be able to get Mr. Scott the elephant he wants for Christmas. That's a shame. <laughs> oh, well, I guess one can't have everything. <laughs> Now tell me what the man really said, Curly. That's what he said. He said he said, well, it must be a gag of some sort. Who'd be crazy enough to order an elephant? <laughs> Better put these packages in the closet with the others, Clyde. And we... Oh, hello, Mr. Harris. Mr. Lewis. Hello, Miss Scott. Hi, Miss Scott. Did I hear the phone ring while we were outside? Yeah, yeah, but it's just a gag, Scotty. Somebody called and said they were from the jungle shop and they can't get that elephant Mrs. Scott ordered for you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get my elephant. Oh, nuts. I counted on having that elephant. <laughs> Counted on it? Yes, yes. Now my whole Christmas will be ruined. Oh, he's ready for the fruitcake. <laughs> now, Cora, this is your fault. If you'd ordered my elephant earlier, I would have had it. Oh, well, I'm sorry, dear. But don't worry. Perhaps I can get you a giraffe instead. I don't want a giraffe. I just want my elephant. I think he's being unreasonable. <laughs> Spoiled, probably an only child. Yeah. Come on, let's get out of here fast. Goodbye, Scotty. Yeah, so long with Scott. Hey, Curly, what do you suppose made him flip his lid like that? I don't know. But let's get in the car and go home. I still don't know what Scotty's getting me for Christmas. What difference? You'll just have to go out and buy him something that you hey, think... Hey, wait a minute. What? Hey, Elliot. What? Look back there. Look in the garage. Yeah? You see that big crate? What about it? It says RCA Victor Television set on it. You know something? Some time ago, I mentioned to Scotty that I'd like to have a new television set, and I'll bet that's what he bought me for Christmas. Well, if that's it, let's put it in the car and take it home. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't do that. But listen, ain't that nice of Scotty to spare no expense to get me what I wanted? That does it, Elliot. If my boss was nice enough to get me what I wanted, I'm going to get him what he wants. What's that? An elephant. LAUGHTER 
<laughs> he had his heart set on an elephant, and that's what I'm doing. Easy, go- Curly. Down, boy. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. We only have one problem. Where do we go shopping for an elephant? Oh, well, that's no problem. Let's go over and see Smiling Sabu, the used elephant dealer. <laughs> He has a 1942 pachyderm that belonged to an old maid in Calcutta. (laughs) Practically new. She never had it out of the Taj Mahal. You're getting wild, Cecil. You're getting wild. (laughs) There must be some place where... Hey, I got it. There's an animal farm out in the valley. They rent all kinds of animals to the movies, and they're bound to have an elephant there. I'm going out tomorrow and look. Oh, don't put it off, Curly. You don't want to get caught in that last-minute elephant shopping rush. <laughs> Heavens, no. I'll do it today. Come on, Elliot. Let's you and I go out to that animal farm and buy that elephant. kind of silly walking down the street leading an elephant. <laughs> People are going to think I'm nuts. All right, all right. Give me the chain. I'll lead Jingles for a while. <laughs> Jingles? She reminds me of Andy Devine. <laughs> she ain't quite as big, but she's young yet. <laughs> hey, Al, I sure got a good buy on this elephant. I got her without a trade-in, too. Oh. Quiet. Hey, quiet, Jingles. Everybody's looking at us and laughing. Let them laugh. Let them laugh. It's going to be worth it just to see that happy look on Scotty's face when I deliver his presents. You know, he's bound to be thrilled when I... Oh, no. Stop the elephant. Stop the elephant. How do you stop an elephant? <laughs> How do I know? Tripper or something. <laughs> Better see your red nose. Stop the elephant. All right. Whoa, Jingles. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Why do you want her stopped? Look who's coming up the street. Julius. Ooh. <laughs> That's all we need. When he sees us with this stopped elephant, he'll really let us have it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait a minute. I got an idea. Hmm? Now, listen. We just won't let him see it. <laughs> Elliot, you hide the elephant in back of him. Okay. (laughs) What was that again? I said hide the... Oh, I see what you mean. Hey, wait a minute. I got a better idea. What? If we don't say nothing about the elephant, maybe he won't notice it. (laughs) This is a better idea? Curly, let's face it, you can't ignore an elephant I guess you're right Well, we're just gonna have to take it, that's all And we're gonna get it pretty heavy from this guy Hold on, here he comes Hiya, fellas Say, I haven't seen you two around for a week or so What's new? (laughs) Don't you, uh, see anything, kid? Nope Maybe he's got his head on backwards. <laughs> Julius, um, 
Do you feel all right? Yeah, why? Well, uh, don't you notice anything unusual about us? No, I don't see nothing. Oh, yeah. Why are you walking down the street with that chain in your hand? <laughs> Julius, uh, this ain't just a chain. Uh, there's something on the other end of it. I know, but you ain't gonna get me to admit I see an elephant. <laughs> Look, kid, this is an elephant. I just bought it. Mr. Harris, I hope you won't think I'm unsophisticated. But why did you buy an elephant? Well, and I... And when you answer, try not to unhinge me little mind. <laughs> <laughs> you guys already got the hinges loosened at a breaking point. <laughs> now then, think it over carefully and tell me. Why did you buy an elephant? So I can give it to my boss for a Christmas present? That's it, that's it, that's it! Oh, I just ran back and forth like a rusty game! Listen to what crickets are going by the phone! It's coming back now! It's going to... Why? Wait! Why? Why? I'm telling you the truth. I'm giving it to my boss. Mr. Harris, do you mean to stand there and tell me you're going to give your boss this elephant for Christmas? It's ridiculous! What's ridiculous about it? It ain't gift wrap. <laughs> you know, the kid's right, Curly. <laughs> Maybe we ought to stop at Woolworths and get some tissue paper. <laughs> hey, yeah. And then we could get some red ribbon and a few bells, and then we can... Hang on a sprig of mistletoe. Yeah. That's what I like about these guys. They'll go along with anything. <laughs> Come on, let's get this thing over to Scott's house and get rid of it. Come on, Jingles. Now, look, Elliot. Yeah. Try to keep Jingles up close to the side of the house so that when Mr. Scott opens the door, he won't see her right away. I want it to be a big surprise. Oh. Quiet, Jingles. You'll give the whole thing away. <laughs> oh, Scotty's going to be delighted with his gift. Just what he... Oh, oh, it's you again, Harris. Well, come on in and let's continue pumping each other. <laughs> Maybe this time we can find out something. No, no, Mr. Scott. I don't have to come in. I found out what I wanted to know. And if you'll just step outside here, I have a big surprise for you. A big one, eh? Oh, Harris, you didn't have to do that for me, but as long as it's here, I'll come out and see it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, now you close your eyes and give me your hand, and, and I'll lead you to it. Uh -huh. Here we are. Now, open your eyes. Harris, you went out and bought me... <laughs> oh! That's your Christmas present. It's the elephant you wanted. Merry Christmas, Scotty. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Here's a song from Eddie Fisher's new album and a word from RCA Victor. I'm dreaming of a while. 
your days be merry and bright and may all your Christmases White Christmas, a favorite every year about this time and just one of the wonderful songs in RCA Victor's new holiday album Christmas with Eddie Fisher Backed by the Hugo Winterhalter Orchestra and Chorus Eddie Fisher puts the Christmas mood to music he sings eight Yuletide favorites, ranging from Here Comes Santa Claus and Jingle Bells to the beloved Silent Night. And he sings them all with the same natural style that has made him one of our top vocalists. The entire album of eight holiday songs is available on two RCA Victor 45 extended play records and costs only $2.80. Let Eddie Fisher brighten the Christmas season for you. Get his new RCA Victor album, Christmas with Eddie Fisher, at your record dealers tomorrow. Driver Lois Corbin and Gail Gordon. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetler. Say, Curly, what's this note mean? Pick up Lindsay. Who's this guy, Lindsay? Lindsay's no guy. A girl? Curly, I'm stunned, shocked, surprised. Easy, boy, easy. That's the name of the RCA Victor Radio I'm giving Alice for Christmas. Sure, Curly, sure. Well, I can prove it. I'll tell you about it. It's an extra-powerful RCA Victor table radio. It has the golden throat tone system, comes in a swell-looking plastic cabinet. It's low-priced, has an extra-large antenna, and furthermore... Okay, okay, you convinced me. In fact, I'll buy RCA Victor's Lindsay table radio myself. Now you got the Christmas spirit. Who's it for? A very deserving fellow. Me. Tonight, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another great episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1942-1943 season. Tonight's episode has two guest stars on it. Number one is actor Gary Cooper, probably most famous for being in High Noon. The Great Western, he was always the strong, silent type character, or at least mostly that. And uh, we also have Alan Reed as Falstaff Openshaw. Uh, Alan Reed made a big thing in interviews that he did to say that uh, Fred Allen, who had created the character of Falstaff Openshaw, had given that character to Alan Reed so he could use it on other shows. We heard it couple weeks ago, we heard Alan Reed playing Falstaff Openshaw on the Jimmy Durante show, and if you want to hear some great fun acting by Alan Reed and Boris Karloff, they were both together um, in last night's episode of the Jimmy Durante show, um, not playing, he wasn't playing Falstaff Openshaw, but he was playing off of uh, Boris Karloff just extremely well. Anyway, enjoy him tonight, of course, with Jack Benny and the whole gang. Uh, it's, it'll be neat to hear Falstaff and how he fits in with the gang on, the, on uh, the Jack Benny show. And then, of course, on Friday night, you can hear Falstaff Openshaw on 
the Fred Allen show where he got his start um, in Allen's Alley. Um, he actually got his start way before Allen's Alley, but he was one of the initial characters they took into Allen's Alley. Um, and of course, Alan Reed, uh, probably best known to modern audiences as the voice of Fred Flintstone. So enjoy Alan Reed and Gary Cooper with Jack and the whole gang, and we'll see you next time. Well, Jello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Wow, we have a special episode of the Jack Benny Show for you today. I uh, can't believe all the folks that are in this episode. Anyway, first the bad news, of course. Uh, Phil Harris uh, was on his last episode last week. He went off to join the Merchant Marines, and he'll be gone for the next 16 weeks. But maybe because he's gone, I don't know why, but they really pulled out all the stops in this episode. Um, For the next uh, 16 weeks, there'll be a lot of guest conductors coming in, and so uh, the first one this week, of course, is Benny Goodman. And so um, what a treat to have Benny Goodman on the Jack Benny Show. And pretty much Jack, uh, Benny Goodman, and uh, Abe Lyman will be trading back and forth every other week for a while. And then later on, uh, towards the end, we'll have uh, Bob Crosby come in and take over for Phil, which of course is interesting because he will do that again when Phil leaves the show permanently um, in the 1952 season, and Bob uh, Crosby will take over for Phil in the 1953 and 54 and 55 seasons. Um, what I think is fun about this episode, one of the fun things, is we get a chance to have actors, um, both the actor that plays Fred Flintstone and the actor that plays Mr. Magoo on the episode. Jim Backus, uh, known for playing Mr. Magoo on the cartoons, also known for playing, um, Thurston Howell III on, um, Gilligan's Island, will be on this episode. He's the magazine seller, if you listen to that, and he's also the barker at the Girly Show. Um, he's also the MC for that. Um, and uh, the actor who plays Fred Flintstone, Alan Reed, will be playing Falstaff Openshaw, who he, who he plays on the Fred Allen Show, any of you Fred Allen fans. Uh, so that'll be kind of neat to hear uh, Falstaff Openshaw making a guest appearance on the Jack Benny Show. Also, the writers, uh, Ed Boulogne and Bill Morrow of the Jack Benny Show, will both appear as actors on the show, which is fun. And let's see, who did I leave off? Well, the big leave off here (laughs) is Gary Cooper is the guest star on the episode. So we are going to have a jam-packed episode with all these folks coming in, um, with so many people doing so many things, there's lots of mistakes that are made uh, that are, uh, and they all have a lot of fun. So anyway, without any further ado, I will take us into this wonderful episode, this very classic episode of the Jack Benny Show, featuring um, more famous uh, guests and guest stars than just about any episode I can think of. Um, hope you enjoy it, and keep tuning in all week for our continuing story of the Warriors. We are getting, um, we're going to get into 1943 here pretty soon, so that's pretty exciting, and uh, I hope you've been enjoying all of our shows. So we'll see you later. Bye-bye.
The Grape Nuts Flakes program, coming to you from the Vanderbilt Theater in New York City, where we're playing to an audience of men on leave from the armed services and starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson, and our guest conductor, Benny Goodman. Now that our watchword is share and share alike, now that we must divide our meat and meat products with our fighting men, you can help keep your folks fit for their jobs here at home if you plan more meals around other nutritious foods that are still thrifty and plentiful. Among these foods are whole grain cereals, such as delicious, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. Grape nuts flakes bring you the valuable nourishment of natural whole wheat, including iron for the blood and two important vitamins, niacin and vitamin B1 for good appetite, steady nerves, and energy. So a generous bowl full of malty rich grape nuts flakes and milk at breakfast makes a mighty fine start for any day. Let your family enjoy America's most distinctive flake cereal, Grape Nuts Flakes. Delicious, nutritious, and thrifty. Hallelujah, played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, from New York City, we bring you that reckless playboy who's been known to light a cigar with a Raleigh cigarette coupon, Jack Benny. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, it was nice of you to call me a playboy, but you're wrong this time. As a matter of fact... I haven't been out of my hotel since we got here Thursday. Oh, you haven't? No, you see, I, uh... <laughs> you know, like a darn fool, I left my money belt in Los Angeles. And I... <laughs> so I got in town broke, you know. Well, why in the world didn't you write out a check? I did write out a check. That's why I couldn't leave the hotel. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, at the, uh, at the Acme Plaza, where I'm staying... The manager locks you in the basement until your check goes through the bank. <laughs> Imagine four days listening to a boiler hiss at me. <laughs> I thought I was playing low state again. <laughs> oh, it was awful, huh? But, Jack, why are you staying at the Acme Plaza? I hear it's an awfully run-down joint. Oh, no, 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 Don. They fixed it up now. They... <laughs> And incidentally, it's one of the few hotels in New York that has uh, girl bellhops. Girl bellhops? Say, that's a novelty. What sort of uniforms do they wear? Uh, sweaters. I forget the rest. Oh. <laughs> but they're, they're awfully cute, though. You know. Hello, Jack. How's the boy? Oh, fine, Benny. How are you? Say, Don, uh, Don, I'd like you to meet uh, Benny Goodman. You know, he's our guest conductor this week. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Goodman? I'm mighty glad to know you. Hey, Jack, is this the guy that was shooting off his mouth all through my opening band number? Well, that was, uh... <laughs> that, 
That was uh, the commercial. He does that every week. Don't you ever listen to my program? No, what night are you on? <laughs> We're on now. Hmm. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Who's the character with the clarinet? That's Benny Goodman. Oh, Benny, this is Mary Livingston, our comedian. Hello, Benny. Hello, Miss Livingston. I've sure been looking forward to this. <laughs> hmm. Phil Harris, Abe Lyman, Benny Goodman. I have yet to have a band leader who can read English. No kidding. Huh? Well, how are you, Mary? I haven't seen you since we got off the train. Where are you stopping? Oh, I'm at the Sherry Netherlands, and boy, is it swanky there. What do you mean, swanky? I ordered a three-decker sandwich yesterday, and the <laughs> waiter launched it with a bottle of champagne. <laughs> well, that's pretty swanky, all right, but give me the good old Acme Plaza. The Acme Plaza. I can't understand why you stay there, Jack. Well, for one thing, they have very reasonable rats. <laughs> Listen, their rates are reasonable, too. <laughs> it's a lovely spot. You know, Mary, Jack tells me they've got girl bellhops there. Oh-ho! So that explains it. Explains what? I looked in your diary, and it says, Geraldine is beautiful. Tip 25 cents. <laughs> well, Geraldine carried my trunk up. That's worth a quarter. <laughs> Pretty heavy, you know. Oh, hello. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, boy, you ought to see the hotel I'm staying at. They have girl bellhops, girl desk clerks, girls, girls everywhere. Well, where are you stopping, kid? At the YWCA. <laughs> well, I'd, uh, I'd like to find out just one thing, Dennis. How can a man check into the YWCA? Only a tenor could do it. <laughs> Well, Dallas, Dallas, I think... <laughs> Dallas, I, uh, gee, I hope Fred Allen is listening in. We're getting a lot of laughs tonight. Okay? <laughs> Dallas, I think it's about time for a song. Go ahead, kid. Hold it. Come in. Salutations, Mountiebank. Falstaff brings you greetings from Fred Allen. <laughs> greetings from Allen? That is precisely why I am here. Oh, Oh, well, go ahead. I bring you greetings from Fred Allen, who's listening to your show today. He's sitting by an open window, hoping the smell will go away. Get out of here. Hey, wait a minute, Falstaff, come back here. I've got a message for you to take back to Allen. I want you to be sure... And the oddest things appear And what insane and silly things we do Here is one I see before me Vividly and clear As I recall it, you are in it too I have 
had the craziest dream last night. Yes, I did. I never dreamt it could be. Yes, there you are in love with me. I found your lips close to mine, so I kissed you. You didn't mind it at all When I'm awake Such a break never happens How long can a guy go on dreaming If there's a chance that you care Then please say you do Say it and make my craziest dream come true So I kissed you and you didn't mind it at all When I'm awake such a break never happens How long can a guy go on dreaming If there's a chance that you can then please say you do baby the craziest dream sung by Dennis Day and accompanied by Benny Goodman and his orchestra. And Benny, that was a swell musical background. It was really okay. Thanks, Jack. I'm sure glad you got Benny Goodman instead of that band you wanted to hire for tonight. What band? Sammy Slotnick and a Staten Island Hawaiian. <laughs> well, well, they, they play snappy music. And that slogan of theirs, swing and get hot, Nick, with Sammy Slotnick. <laughs> but that was stolen from somebody. Now, wait a minute, Mary. Listen, Mary. Yes, now, wait, that, that happens to be a very good orchestra. Well, Jack, if they're so good, why aren't they here tonight? Because due to an oversight, they joined the wrong union. They're allowed to fix a sink, but they can't play musical instruments. <laughs> anyway, Goodman, you're all right. You can follow Phil Harris, and that's a pretty tough assignment. That's a real compliment, Jack, because I think Phil has one of the finest musical organizations in the country. And now, ladies, and... What? <laughs> did, uh, did you hear that, Mary? Well, Jack, you know how musicians are. They always stick together. Yeah, it's the same way with actors. You never hear one actor running down another one. And now, folks... I'm an actor, and I don't like you. <laughs> what? Uh, what did you say, kid? Oh, is my mouth open? I was only thinking. <laughs> only thinking. Well, just be careful what you're thinking about, Dennis. The first thing you know, there'll be a whole... I'll take it. Hello? Well, Gary. Yeah, I've been expecting your call, Gary. 
Where are you, Gary? That must be Indiana. It can't be Gary Cooper. Quiet. Yeah? Yeah, well, sure, Gary. I'm all set and rare to go. Where are you, Slim? Oh, Slim Somerville. That's more like it. It's not Slim Somerville. It's Gary, Indiana. I mean, Cooper. Uh, where, where are you, Gary? Say, that's just around the corner. Okay, come right over. Swell, goodbye. Gee, I'm glad he can make it. You know, fellas, Gary and I are going to do the town tonight. You want to come with us, Don? Oh, I'd love to, Jack, but I'm going out later and have a big bowl of toasty brown sweeters and that grape nuts flake. <laughs> what? You're... You're going to have toasty brown, sweet as a nut, grape nuts flakes at night? Yes, sir. I tell you, Jack, this town is wide open. <laughs> okay, Don, have fun. Say, hey, Mr. Benny, when Gary Cooper comes up, I've got a swell gag I want to pull on him. A gag? What is it? Well, you know how tall Mr. Cooper is. Yeah. Well, when you introduce me to him, I'm going to say, Hello, Gary, how's the weather up there? Hmm. How's the weather up there? Don't you like it, Mr. Benny? No, it's awful. You just hate me because I got blood. <laughs> Listen, I... I don't hate you, Dennis, but that's an old corny gag. Oh, yeah? A guy out in the alley stole it to me for a dollar. You gave, you gave a dollar and got that? Also a package of postcards. <laughs> well, Dennis, if I were you, I'd just... Hey, that must be Gary now. Come in. Well, hello, Gary. Come on in. Hiya, Jack. Are you all set to go? I'll be ready to leave in a few minutes, Gary, and then we'll have a hot time. Are you ready to do the town? Yep. I got a street guide and my snowshoes and everything. Well, well, you're all set. Yep. Uh, tell you what, Gary, I figure we'd start out... Oh, Jack, Jack, introduce me. Oh, yes, pardon me. Say, Gary, I'd like to have you meet my gang. Uh, this is Mary Livingston. Well, this is a pleasure, Miss Livingston. Kiss me, my love. <laughs> what? What did you say? Oh, was my mouth open? I was only thinking. <laughs> She's so thrilled, Gary. And, oh, Gary, this is uh, Don Wilson and uh, Benny Goodman. Hello, fellas. And uh, Dennis Day, our young tenor. Hello, Dennis. How's the weather down there? <laughs> That's all right, Gary. Hey, what happened? <laughs> Never mind. No kidding, Gary. That's a swell gag. Yeah, you ought to see the postcards that got with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, e excuse us, fellas. Uh, say, Gary, as long as you and I are stepping out tonight, you know, the hot spots and everything, did you, uh, did you call up any girls? Nope. Well, don't you... Don't you know any girls? Yep. Well, don't they like me? Nope. 
Oh, well. Well, I'll get the I'll get the girls myself. I've got my little red book right here. Some book. Lillian Russell, Anna Held, Annette Kellerman. Stop peeking. <laughs> well, don't worry, Gary. We're bound to bump into some cuties, the places we're going. Now, Don. Oh, oh, just a second, Gary. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, Rochester. It's about time you were phoning me. Where are you? I'm up in Harlem, boss. <laughs> Harlem? That's an old Dutch settlement that's gone hidey hole. <laughs> I know all about it. Look at why is it, Rochester, that every time we come to New York, I can never find you? Where have you been for four days? I got lost. There's a dim out up here in Harlem. <laughs> well, listen. There's a dim out down here, too. It ain't as dim as our dim out. <laughs> I don't want any excuses. Four days in Harlem. Well, I got business up here, boss. Business by foot. I can just see you now. You're sitting there with a cigar in one hand, a Tom Collins in the other, and a girl on your lap. Is the Tom Collins in my right hand or my left hand? <laughs> it's in your right hand. That's amazing. <laughs> He's psychic, honey. <laughs> Now, look, Rochester, you're still working for me, and I want you to be at my hotel bright and early tomorrow morning. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. Now what? Are you going to wear your new overcoat while you're in New York? Which one? The one I'm getting so many compliments on. <laughs> yes, and bring it back. Goodbye. Goodbye. I want that coat. Don't. Well, Benny, Gary and I are going to run along now, so, uh... How about a, a good hot band number? Okay, Jackson. Come on, Gary, let's go. Boy, are we gonna burn up the town. Oh, fine. Sleepy time down south and Old Man River gonna burn up the town. <laughs> well, we are. Hey, what, uh... Gary, uh, what spot, uh, what spot we hit first, kid? Well, Jack, I haven't been to Grant's tomb yet or the planetarium. <laughs> Grant's tomb? Yep. The planetarium? Yep. Well, don't you want to go to a nightclub? Nope. Okay, stubborn head, let's go. Mm, the planetarium, and I went and took a nap this afternoon. Well, so long, fellas. See you later.
come on, Gary. We've seen enough. What do you say we get out of here? Nope. Nope, nope. Look, Gary, we walked across the Brooklyn Bridge. We saw the Statue of Liberty. We fed the pigeons in Central Park. Now, let's go to a nightclub. Quiet, Jack. I'm trying to listen. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our visit to the stars, which has been unfolded to you in this magnificent planetarium. <laughs> All right, magnificent. That'll be 25 cents. Please pay as you exit. 25 cents. This is on me, Gary. No, Jack. This time I'll take uh, my shoe off. No, no, I have it right here. Come on, let's go. Wait a minute, Jack. I want to see see what they've got in this other room. Okay, okay, planetarium. Wow, this is a big hall. Wow, this is a big hall. You hear that, Gary? There's an echo in here. Hello there. Hello there. I'm Jack Benny. I'm Jack Benny. And this is Gary Cooper. What's he doing with you? <laughs> oh, shut up. Come on, Gary, let's go to a nightclub. Hmm, a sightseeing bus. Fine evening I'm having. Are you having fun, Gary? Yep. There he goes with that yup again. Your attention, please, folks. We are now approaching that famous thoroughfare known as the Bowery. On the right is the old Bowery Mission. On the left is the Bucket of Blood Saloon. Gee. And that dump directly ahead of us is the Acme Plaza Hotel. <laughs> it is not! What I want to climb. You know, Jack, you can't appreciate how high the Empire State Building is till you walk up here like we're doing. Listen, Gary. When do we get to the to the top? We're there now. Boy, it's cold up here. Boy, it's cold up here. Oh, go back to the planetarium. Isn't this a a wonderful view, Jack? Yeah. Donna, there goes my hat. My brand new hat. Your toupee just took off. That's a pigeon. With a part in it? <laughs> All right. Now, please, Gary, let's get out of here and go up to Times Square, where there's some action. How about it? Yep. Thank heaven. Well, Gary, here we are on Broadway. Are you thrilled? Yep! Uh, excuse me. All right, you can... You can say yippee. You don't have to be afraid. Yes, sir. Glittering, glamorous Broadway. and Johnson are still going strong. <laughs> yes, sir. Gosh, Broadway is crowded tonight. Papers, magazines, all the latest magazines here. Wait a minute, Gary. I want to get a copy of Movie Story Magazine. I, uh, I hear that my picture is on the cover. A copy of Movie Story Magazine, buddy. You bought them all this morning. <laughs> oh, are you the same guy? You ought to see it, Gary. 
There's a swell picture of me right on the cover. Gee, I, I wish I could get my picture on one of those magazines. <laughs> you will one of these days. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's scroll on. Huh? Going right in, going right in for all seats. The big girly show is about to start. Hey, Gar uh, Gary, look at those posters, huh? Art ziggity. Do you think we ought to? <laughs> oh, forget it. No, no. What are we going to say, Gary? Well, I, I thought we might go in and see. Oh, shucks. Let's go home. No, no. Nothing doing, Gary. Come on. I came out for a little excitement tonight. I'm going to have it. Uh, two tickets, please. Come on, come on. Big girly show on the inside, folks. Step alive, lad. <laughs> Here are two good seats, Gary, if we can get this guy to put his feet down. Huh? Before going into our feature attraction, ladies and gentlemen, I will pass among you with Broadway Sam's individually rat bonbons. <laughs> Buy a box for a quarter. Open it up, and you will find inside a $1 bill, a $5 bill, or a gold wristwatch. Don't eat the candy, it's lousy. <laughs> I can imagine, huh? Who'll be the first to make one of these prize packages? I think I'll buy one, Jack. Ah, oh, don't be a sucker, Gary. But it's only a quarter. I might find a gold wristwatch. Might find, might find. They always say that. Right after this conference, folks, I expect to make a sale. <laughs> oh, shut up. Then. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the feature attraction that you've all been waiting for, that famous dancer and international favorite, Miss Fifi LaRose. Hey, gee. Gee, she's a pip, isn't she, Gary? Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, she dropped her coat. Gary! Now put your elbow down so I can't see anything. <laughs> Say, friends, remember the old story about Jack and the beanstalk? Um, beanstalk. It grew and it grew and it grew. Well, that was just a fairy tale. But the story of the Grape Nuts Flakes beanstalk is true. Yes, Grape Nuts Flakes have been doing a regular beanstalk. Why, during the past three years, Grape Nuts Flakes have grown more than all other ready-to-eat cereals put together. Why? There's a reason, several reasons. For one thing, that malty-rich, sweet-as-a-nut flavor, that grand old Grape Nuts flavor in toasty brown flake form. And for another thing, that remarkable all-around nourishment. For Grape Nuts Flakes are a whole grain cereal with the essential whole grain food values recommended as part of your daily diet by our National Nutrition Program. So join the bandwagon for better breakfast. Serve delicious, nutritious Grape Nuts Flakes, America's fastest-growing breakfast cereal. We're a little late, so good night, folks. Good night. Friends, when you write Grape Nuts Flakes on your next grocery list...